Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. And I'm Brian. This is a podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from gorgeous gold to grotesque growths. And today, we're talking about the Gith Yankee. All right, Brian. Uh, Hi, Will. Hey. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm good. (laughs) Uh, We're doing a race episode today. It's been Uh, a minute. It's been a minute since we've done a race episode, and this is uh, often asked after one, so I figured it was time. It was time. So the gith, do do we want to blanket the gith real quick? Because today we're specifically talking about the gith Yankee, right? Yes, we're talking specifically about one of the sub-races. I I originally wanted to do this where it was uh, one episode of on the gith but there's just so much to talk about i had to split it into two right so we're going to do an episode on the gith yankee and then later on we're going to do an episode on the gith zarai which is the second sub racer faction so gith yankee is my favorite rapper <laughs> nice i like it um now one of the things about the gith yankee and the gith zarai is they're technically sub races okay but they're, they're the same species they're the same race it's not like other sub races where the difference is genetic the difference between these two sub races is completely ideological. Oh, okay. It's like or, or regional, ideological. So not like regional or anything like that. Uh, I mean, yeah, they live in different places too. I, I would figure, yeah, yeah, but like they're. So they this have, is kind of like elves. Well, not so much no, a ladrin, but it's it's quite the opposite of elves. Elves are genetically different. Like high elves, wood elves, and dark elves are different. Ethnicities oh, yeah. I guess within that, the same that's race. That's implied by like their stat block, huh? They get but, different boosts to not just their stat block, but their appearance as well. Yeah, there's there's some yeah. So this they look the same. They are the they same. They are the same. They're they are the same ethnicity. Mentally not the same. Yeah, that's the thing. Ideological differences with elves. It's ethnic differences. Cool. So, All right. Let's get into it. Um, the Gith Yankee, as I was just saying, are one of the two sub races of the parent uh, race known as the Gith. Uh, the Gith are a tall and slender humanoid race uh, with gaunt features. Uh, their skin has kind of a leathery texture to it, mm. and it has um, a yellow, gray, or even greenish tone to it. Um, it's said yellow, but I have I have some colorblind issues. So to me, they look kind of greenish. 
um, to give an example of the type of color blindness that I have, uh, you know the 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 movie Monsters Inc. Yes. What's what's the name of the eyeball? Mike monster? Wazowski. Mike, what, yeah. Okay. So what color is he to you? Green. Yeah. He looks yellow to me. Oh no, yeah. that's not right. He looks yellow <laughs> like the one-eyed monster from Monster Rancher. I don't know what that. The okay, second thing is. Never you said. mind. I definitely. Know Some what people Inc. will is. know what I'm talking about there. But anyways, <laughs> so I have uh, some color discrepancies there. So the Gift Yankee looked green to me, but I went everywhere I read it said they were yellow. So I'm going to go with they're probably they're yellow. Probably yellow. And I'm just blind to it. Okay. <laughs> so anyways, um, in my world, they're green. <laughs> um, Quick, well, what color is the bookshelf behind me? Oh, that's a uh, that's well, a joke yeah. about production, about uh-huh. post production. Indeed, it is. Um, Oh yeah, so so back on on the way they look, uh, they have long pointed ears, kind of like an elf or a goblin or any of the various okay. pointy eared races. Um, one of the most notable things about their look is their face. Their their noses are rather small and flat, and they look almost just like two small flat slits, very much like Voldemort. I love Maybe Voldemort. not as severe as the Voldemort depicted in the movies, but it's very very similar. So kind of. Um almost flush with their face so there's like some pronunciation to their nose but not really as much as a yeah like it's other... very slight okay um it like if you were to look at them in passing it would like upon first look you would barely notice they have a nose at all oh okay nice they look like they don't really have one uh just two kind of slits so um they they all uniformly have black eyes and their hair colors only come in two colors black or red so okay. and true red not like not like human like Orangey oh, red. like primary red. Like, yeah, like primary like a red. Crayon. Like the red of blood. Oh, good. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> which is very fitting because the Gith Yankee are a very bloodthirsty race, which we'll get into in a minute. Mm. Now, the Gith Yankee make their home in a plane called the Astral Plane, also known as the Astral Sea. Um, and they live in one great city called Tunarath. Uh, now, the cool thing about the city is Tunarath is actually built inside of the corpse of a deceased god. Oh, I think we've mentioned this before. We might have. It might have have been mentioned in passing. That's awesome. So it's it's a six armed god corpse that's calcified over the millennia. And uh, yeah, it's just this huge slab of god rock. Isn't there a um, a nine hells layer that is kind of like there? There's like big rib cages or something like that. Oh yeah, in that it's now made up of the the corpse. In the organs and the flesh of like the night hag, right? the yeah. hag that used to be the uh, the archduke there. Yeah, I yeah. retain information. Sometimes. You do sometimes <laughs> little pieces here and there. So yeah, that's uh, so that's where they live. The astral the astral sea is um, as described in the five E uh, dungeon master's guide is the realm of thought and dream. It's like this great silvery sea or a great silvery void um, with swirling clouds of like white and gray. Um, Motes of light that kind of like shine like stars in the distance, or or sometimes just right in front of you. Um, and all all who dwell on the astral sea, they um, time doesn't pass here, so Ooh. all who dwell here don't age. And um, also, if if you are on the astral sea, you don't require um, food or water. You're artificially immortal here. It's kind of like this because time existence. isn't passing, so yeah. like you're not aging biologically. But, it's, it, but like time is passing, obviously, because you're moving, so time has to pass, right? So the, the link to space time has been severed in the astral plane. When you say so. it's the realm of thoughts and dreams, do you mean like the kind of I forget if it's um, like Aristotle or Plato or whatever, but they had this idea that the there's basically a, a different existence filled with just like thoughts that you everybody there are no unique thoughts and you pull from that bubble. 
No, not like that at all. Okay. I, I'm pretty familiar with what you're talking about. But no, this is more like uh, this is the realm that mortals can visit in their dreams. You can astral project here, thus the astral plane. So like Insidious. I guess so. I haven't seen Insidious. They, so, they pretty much. They astro- uh, Whenever mind. I think about this stuff, I think of Doctor Strange because he does this shit all the time. He astral projects all the goddamn. Oh, time. that's cool. Yeah. So, did he do it in the movie? Oh, uh, yeah, he did a lot in the movie. Actually, he oh, actually really? projected a lot. Yeah. God. As a matter of fact, yeah, there's a whole scene where him in the in the uh, God, what's her name, the, the ancient one. They oh. right before she dies, they like oh, astral yeah. project and they have this whole conversation because so, she's gonna die right. She's about then. to die in yeah. like two seconds. <laughs> so she time. slows it all down. Yeah. Right. But anyways, back to the Gift Yankee. So yeah, they live in the astral plane, and I describe what they look like. Now let's talk about like who they are as a people. The mm-hmm. Gith Yankee are a brutal and militaristic society that compulsorily trains their citizens in extensive magic and sword fighting techniques. Okay, like everybody fights, everybody fights well, and uh, training is mandatory. Okay. Furthermore, due to their origins as illicit slaves and experiments, oh my! Uh, all the Gith are born with inherent psionic abilities, so they're 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 super people. Cool. Yeah, uh, they're also trained to integrate uh, their psionic powers into their sword play, which we'll we'll get into a little bit later. Ooh, because um, that's a huge part of their identity. We're going to talk about the silver swords. Nice. Um, they're most known by the other various races of the multiverse as vicious and efficient uh, raiders and pirates of the astral sea. So they will descend upon worlds and their huge astral ships, which essentially just look like giant boats with like these fan-like sails. Ooh, neat. Um, that sounds awesome. They're powered psionically. That's how they move about. So, like, cool. Sci- again, psionics is a huge part of anything Gith. Is it but, like a group effort, or is it like a master um, mental guy? On depending board? on the size of the ship, the crew will have like a certain minimum size, like, of, like oarsmen. Psionic. Yeah, kind of. Okay, um, we're not really going to get into that, but yeah, the, basically, if it's a huge ship, you probably need like ten psychic dudes pushing that ship, just pushing the ship. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, oh yeah, so they descend upon worlds in their giant astral ships, and even upon Dragonback, which we'll get into a little bit later. And uh, between their tactical superiority, just the blatant power, like again, they're incredibly powerful combatants. They got psionic powers. They also are good at magic, uh, and also like their surprise offensives. Um, very few people can stand up to a Gith Yankee raid. Nice. They're just they are a force to be fucking reckoned with. Okay. Um and they're very much feared throughout the multiverse. It's like when the locusts come and and the farmers really can't do shit about it. Right. And uh I don't know if this makes them worse or better, but the Gith Yankee, when they do their raids, uh they're very methodical about it and they make sure to leave enough people and resources alive so to that, raid again. To raid again later. Yeah. yeah. So not like locusts. Not like locusts at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Smart so let's let's talk about uh, the the origins of the Gith and how they kind of got to where they are now. So it's said that the Gith were originally humans, uh, human slaves during the era of the Illithid Empire. Okay. And if you want the extended version of the tale of the Illithids, you should go check out the Illithid episode. Just a quick touch. That wasn't that like a long time ago, like before the regular. Yes, okay. Very, so the, very very long time right. ago. Yeah. Um, More information I've retained. Indeed. <laughs> but in short, the the Illithids, uh, in their imperial expansion, they eventually came at odds with an enemy that was immune to their psionic powers. Oh. So they had, to tra- they had to create a physical standing army out of their thralls, which they had a lot of human thralls. Um, so they spent years and years of uh, running genetic experimentation and infusing psionic 
uh, power into their human thralls. And these thralls eventually get transformed into a uniform new race that went unnamed for quite some time. It would eventually be called the Gith. Okay. They eventually become the thing that we're going to call the Gith. And man, that sounds like horrifying. Oh yeah, it's it's completely horrifying. The Illithids <laughs> are like space Nazis. It's terrible. Oh, um, so the the Illithids get their army of super soldiers, and they managed to defeat the enemy. I believe the enemy was called the Vord. They were like the bugs from Super uh, God. Uh, what's the name of that movie? The space movie. It's kind of funny, but it's also brutal. Um, with the bugs. You know this movie. You've heard of this movie. I talked about it in the Illithids episode. Uh, not Stormship Troopers. Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers. That's it. Yeah. Good movie. <laughs> Just like that. Those are the bugs of the Illithids fight. Gotcha. Um, so anyways, after after they managed to defeat the Vord and whatnot, they found that they're uh, controlling their battle-hardened and psionically adept new thralls to become increasingly difficult. And they had to deal with more and more insubordination and more and more like... Um, riots and kind of rise ups okay. but nothing nothing enough to uh warrant like their extermination it was just they just became troublesome but eventually a member of their thralls was born that had the combat power prowess the strategic intelligence and the charisma to lead the slaves into like a true and successful revolution and they the luck to nat 20 the persuasion rolls that get them to let them go indeed <laughs> um her name was gith this is where they become the gith okay nice so gith ends up organizing her people into a militaristic order and then unleashes a brutal and devastating crusade against the Illithid. Hell yeah. Completely shatters their empire. Cool. Um, so it brought the brought the whole thing down. It didn't just let them escape. Right, yeah. There were there so many of them, and they, they struck at the heart of the Illithid empire where things just kind of fell apart, um, which was which was a happy day, you know, a big celebration. But um, despite their victory over their oppressors and, like, the fact that they managed to inherit their own planet, um, Gith continued to enforce her harsh military rule over her people. Now, for some people, they were like, cool, whatever. Like, she got us here. Like, this is how she wants to run things. I'm all for it. Right. But there were plenty of people that saw her continued oppression or her continued rule over her own people as the oppression that it was. I get it. It's like, hooray, the savior. And then this other fool's like, yeah, but it's over now. Can we, like, be cool? Can we chill? Can we chill, please? And that's pretty much what happens. One leader in specific, a male gith named uh, Zerthamon, which we'll probably talk about extensively in the Gifts of the Rye episode, he vocally rejected Gifts tyranny. He actually, he... He was like, yo, it's time to chill. Right. What's up? He he claimed that she was unfit to lead in (laughs) this new time of peace and called for her to step down. Of course, she refused. <laughs> and this leads to society to split down the middle completely, and it breaks out into civil war. Yeah, half of them want to chill, half of them, like, no chilling, no right. chilling ever. And we're talking about a civil war between two factions of super soldiers. Yeah, dope. It, it becomes this devastating war. And as a matter of fact, the civil war is so brutal, it actually reduces their already wounded world into an uninhabitable cinder. They completely destroy their home world. 
uh, by fighting each other. Fitting. So now they're homeless. And... So now they're homeless, right? Okay. And with neither side victorious uh, and their planet destroyed, both sides end up retreating um, to their own like separate locations in, among the cosmos. So the newly named Gith Zarai, which translates to those who oppose Gith, um, they retreat to the chaotic neutral plane of Limbo. We'll talk more about that in the Gith Zarai episode. Okay. But the the newly named Gith Yankee, which translates to the children of Gith, uh, ended up retreating to their various conquered settlements that they had left over from destroying the Illithid Empires uh, out in the Astral Sea. So that's just kind of how they end up in the places that they did. Man, I'm picturing like a space station and like a big sword battle and they're all like, <laughs> they get, they stalemate each other all out of breath, like, and they look right. at the window, it's like, oh, fuck, we blew up the planet. <laughs> we fucked up. <laughs> we fucked it all up. Yeah, that's too funny. <laughs> and I, you know, I kind of, I kind of picture something like that too. So at this point, Gith and, uh, at this point she had a newly appointed advisor, this powerful female wizard named Vlakith. A wizard? Um, yeah. Yeah, very Shit. powerful. Wizard. So they're they're Black not it. just doing psionics and sword play. No, they're no, doing no. Magic. Like that's they are super people. They are incredible wizards. They're incredible scions, and they're incredible fighters. Like read the player's handbook. Yeah, all of it. They do yeah. all of it. They do it all. They have they dark do vision. It all. They're a triple threat. They have um, triple dark vision. They do. They do. <laughs> they have so, space vision. So kind of Gith and Vlakith are running the show now, and they're trying to keep the Gith Yankee tight in hand, but they're also trying to. Um, now without a home, they're trying to find some sort of stability. Right. And out here in the Astral Sea, they find themselves vulnerable and they find themselves without any allies whatsoever. So they end up trying to reach out to a few different powers to like see if they can form some alliances. And the details aren't too clear, but Vlakith the wizard uh, beseeches Gith to reach out to the the Nine Hells, specifically to Tiamat. For whatever given reason. The reason isn't given. I just want to say that. And it really looks like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Foul play on Vlakith's part. Like oh. we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. So so Gith ends up uh, heeding Vlakith's advice, and she ventures to Beator, um, and she gains an audience with the Dragon Queen Tiamat. Oh, no. The details of the deal that ends up being struck between Gith and Tiamat are not told. All that's known is Gith never returns. Oh, and instead, no. Tiamat sends... Um, her red dragon consort. Remember, she has all these consorts. Right. Again, um, just sex pits or whatever. Yeah, exactly. But also remember, these consorts are the most powerful. Yeah, because she's trying to make powerful type. babies. Exactly. So she sends her red consort. Uh, his name is uh, Aphelamon. He arrives before the Gith Yankee with um, with, with a proclamation, basically saying that Tiamat and Gith have have formed an have agreed to an alliance, and that Tiamat will. F- for now and forever, provide the Gith Yankee with a cohort of red dragons to command um, in whatever ways they seem necessary. There are a couple rules and stipulations like, uh, you know, only certain people are allowed to ride the dragons and the dragons can't be commanded to do certain things. And like the dragons get a certain cut of all the money and all that. It sounds like a book for teens. What? Um, what's that one? Uh, they made they made that movie out of it where they ride the dragons. <laughs> oh, uh, how to train how to train your dragon. Or no, it's but I guess similar. There's the more serious fantasy based one. What? Um, what are you talking about? Oh man, uh, Aragon. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, that's kind of sounds like Aragon. Actually, I think that book was written by a young man, like uh, almost a child or a teenager. Yeah, it was, yeah it's it. it's marketed as like you know next to Harry Potter by teens, fourteen by teens, fourteen. I think it predates Harry Potter by a fair I amount. I think it does. Yeah. 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 Well, I don't. I don't know. I've never read that book series. But I know that there are Aragon fans that listen to the show. 
So right. they'll comment. I'm sure they will. <laughs> um, but all, but, but the, the flip side of that deal is that when TMAC calls for the Gith Yankee to assist her in whatever it is that she calls for, they must heed that call. That's the deal. Cool. Um, also, so we give you a bunch of dragons and yeah. some people can even ride them. Yeah. But y'all's doing what I say yeah. every once and again. Yeah, basically, okay. and she she has never called them, as far as I know, she's never called them. But my basically, I think she's she's waiting for her big power play. Yeah, she's gonna call on them one day. <laughs> so, um, oh yeah. So the the other thing that a fel a Philemon announces is that uh, Gith isn't gonna return, and now Vlakith is in charge. Okay. This is where okay, this looks like foul play. <laughs> she's you know like, I mean? she's like, she's I'm like, a- you should go talk to Team Matt, and then she goes and talks to Team Matt, and then she doesn't come back, and now I'm in charge. What's foul? Fe- fe- what's the one? The, the- uh, Blackith. Blackith is like, hey, I called Team Matt. She said you're cool to go down there, and she was like, right, whoever you said, right. I'm gonna eat him. I'm gonna tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And like she got down, Gith got down there. And he's like, yeah, cool. He'll save you people, but I'm gonna eat you. And she's like, well, I guess if that's what it takes, and right. then, you know, and then here we are. They got eaten. <laughs> <laughs> so. This sudden change in power from Gith to Vlakith actually was not resisted very much. Um, most most of the Gith Yankee just thought, oh, Gith sacrificed her soul to Beator for the people. Yeah, totally. Which is probably pretty close to the truth. Let's be real here. Um, uh, yeah, it all, might not be the, the foul play. Yeah. Despite that, this is what happened. She yeah. did sacrifice yeah. something. And, and, and maybe the deal wasn't between Gith and Tiamat. Maybe the, the deal was between Vlakith and Tiamat. Yeah. Either way. You better send me someone strong to eat. Right. And, <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. Um, and I I think, remember, we, we know that souls are kind of currency in D&D. And yes. so the soul, having the possession of the soul of the most powerful and legendary Gith warrior very valuable yeah like um like this soul is worth twice as much as that soul i would say this worth is worth this soul is worth a hundred times more than the average soul like (laughs) like just in power level the material world accomplishments of this soul i know they they make it way more (laughs) yes um but so part of it was that you know they just kind of thought well like yeah she she got the alliance she did Mm -hmm. what she was supposed to do but another thing is that vlakith it in Gith's absence had done a lot of leading. Like she led them to the city of Tunarath, which is the, the corpse of the six-armed god. And she, like, she's incredibly powerful. So she puts up these great arcane wards to protect them and, and their new city. And to this day, uh, Vlakith continues uh, uh, ruling as the supreme lich queen of the Gith Yankee. Ooh. So she's a lich now, wow. and she rules with an iron fist. So I'm not. So I'm a super. I'm a super duper duper person. Yeah. Um, it's like, let me just lich up real quick. The whole lichdom thing kind of confuses me because I'm like, well, as long as you're in the natural sea, you're already immortal. What was the point? But I guess you kind of get a power boost. Yeah, man. You get some uh, sick magic and some legend. So. Your layer starts to do cool shit. I guess so. Yeah, that's true. You do get layer actions. Though. Yeah. Good for legendary you. resistance. <laughs> so with that being said, uh, and their story being told, let's take a short rest. Let's do it. All right. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the show we're not talking about the last thing we're talking about. We're talking about love, always love. <laughs> Much love. Right, Will? Such love. Such, such, it's, it's almost All grotesque, love. like how much I don't, I don't know if that's the right word. It's but. going through my microphone <laughs> and into my recording system and out of your speakers, and it's love. If you hear me, I love you. <laughs> um, hey, uh, there's some special people I want to love especially. Lawrence Baker, thank you for upping your pledge. We really appreciate that. Thank you, Lawrence. And uh, also, Voki Kalfayan. Kalfayan. Thank you, Voki. Thank you, Voki. Uh, we we really, appreciate it. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Um, we do a lot of cool stuff on our Patreon. Most notably, probably early episodes. You can hear all the episodes of our show one to two weeks early. And that includes our side project, Super Quest Saga, which is a live game we play. Yeah, also available early. Um, there's also a live game that you can get a hold of that drops every two weeks in the $10 tier. And some cool stuff for 20. Um, and there's a bunch of one-shots as well. There's yeah, a some, Halloween one-shot. There's a couple uh, Vault Raiders one-shots. Yeah. So. Are those like one-shots? There's like an ongoing... Um, They're ongoing one-shots. Yes. <laughs> they're multi-shots. Perfect. Multi-shots. <laughs> Ew. Um, okay, so what else do we want to talk about? Well, I think there's something there is competitive something. to there's, talk about. Indeed. There is a contest still ongoing. As a matter of fact, when this episode drops, there will be two days left to enter the contest to win. One of the two copies of Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica that we are giving away on November 20th. And the way that you enter this contest is share the show and uh, send us proof that you shared the show. This can be sharing on social media and then sending us either links or screenshots. Uh, you can send us a video of you sharing uh, uh, the, the the show uh, word of mouth. You can send us screenshots of you texting text groups or uh, email chains or basically however you want to share the show, go right ahead, but just send us proof and I'll go ahead and add you to the list. Yeah, man. Um, there's multiple ways to enter. Um, you can go and share the show on uh, like Twitter at the Dungeon Cast hashtag um, Dungeon Cast Dungeon Cast and, and we'll see it. Um, you That's can, probably the most common way it gets shared, but yeah. yeah. Um, or you can follow the Dungeon Cast on Instagram and just like send me whatever. I've gotten it. a few entries from there already. Yes, and I have I believe like five or six more to send you. Oh, okay, uh, so yes, it's really started do. to pick up there. Thanks for cool everybody beans. who's going to follow the Instagram. Um, yeah, YouTube, all that, all that stuff. You can find us there, your favorite listening app, because this is a podcast and a YouTube thing. We're a podcast. Mm -hmm. What are we? We are. We are. We're we, also a YouTube channel. But we 
our YouTube channel shows our podcast. Thanks um, <laughs> for listening to the show. We're going to get you back to that show. Let's get back to the show. And we're back. That's true. And we're talking about the Geese Yankees still. Still. So I've told you their story and their appearance and their general notoriety, but let's actually kind of get into who they are as a society. You told me about that chick that got eaten and that yeah. dude that became a lich. Oh, wait, they're both female, huh? They're both female, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like D&D has a, has a problem with female authority. I find that all the female authority figures throughout all, all this lore are horrible, horrible people. Oh, man. But anyways, moving on. Uh, Githyanki Society is an extreme military dictatorship. Uh, Flakith sits at the center of everything and is the ruler of the Githyanki in every sphere of activity. She demands devout and obedient compliance uh, with her will, and she has proclaimed that the Githyanki are the inheritors of of the Illithid Empire, and that all worlds across the material plane are their gardens primed for the harvesting as they see fit. Neat. So Thus the pirating. Does that mean that they, they, they're they taking the seat of the Illithids? Is it like a metaphor almost, or what? Um, or are yeah. they trying to enslave I mean, the Illithids? I mean, that's kind of the theme with the Githyanki, is that they became the oppressors that they fought against, and then they welcomed with open arms the death of their rights as a people, you know what I mean? Kind of sure. like the end of uh, the third Star Wars, where it's like, "This is how democracy dies," with raucous applause. You, you like, ep- like Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, yeah. Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, yeah, exactly like that. So, anyways, um, furthermore, she demands that her people hold no gods and worship only her as a deity. I think that's kind of her game plan here is to become a deity. It really seems like that's kind of where the logical endpoint of all this bullshit leads. Okay. <laughs> um, because she has another proclamation um, that Githyanki, who prove themselves as great and mighty warriors, will ascend to a great paradise. Uh, essentially, a wondrous realm where Gith awaits them. No, she fucking doesn't. <laughs> like I said, this is complete bullshit. TMS, uh, love bits. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? No, this is complete bullshit. What actually happens is... Uh, she pretends to call these warriors to their ascension ceremony and then absorbs their life force to gain more power. Oh, man. And to rid herself of a potential rival because yeah. powerful Githyanki are going to be the thing that might be able to depose her. Cream so she'll do- just eat them. Cream doth rise and she doth eat that cream. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> yes. Okay. So living on the astral plane has its benefits, you know, artificial immortality. You don't need food or water. Um but also has its difficulties and it has its problems. So okay. all biological systems cease to function on the astral sea, which means no children can be born or raised here. Oh, I was th- I immediately went to defecation. Well, I mean, yeah, you're also not going to poop, but you don't need to eat. So that <laughs> never happened. Like, that's not a problem. No problem. Yeah, but you there. probably got at least one in the chamber for a while. You know yeah, what I mean? but but it just stays there and you don't feel it until you leave. Well, like you you, if, if you if you <laughs> like, yes, going into the astral sea, needing to poop. Might be a problem. Yeah, or like being hungry or like thirsty, because then yes. you're just going to be that, right? And make sure to get yourself in good order before you jump into the astral Yeah, plane. definitely. Like, without a doubt. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, man. <laughs> so because they can't raise or, or give birth to children here, um, they have to lay their eggs in hidden... Lo- yeah, they, they lay eggs. I, I forgot to mention that. It's not explained how or why, especially since they used to be human, but... Well, illithids, they lay eggs or they lay larvae or what was it? Uh, illithids. I know they, tank, they make a bunch of tank babies. They, they, yeah, they, they have eggs that then hatch into the tadpoles that they eggs. put into the tank. It's probably like they're using their own DNA and stuff to help manipulate the DNA of these humans. That and, makes a fuck ton of sense. Yeah. Yes. Good. Good thinking. Nice. Ah! <laughs> My microphone has attacked me. So 
Uh, Will, I think you were telling me uh, how good I did yes. about the, good job. the DNA good thing. Smart. Smart boy. Thanks. Um, where was I? <laughs> Killing it this episode. Killing it. Yeah, you are. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, so yeah, they're children. So uh, what happens is all Githyanki children are raised to adulthood in um, like hidden locations in the material plane. They're called uh, creches or creches. I'm not sure. It's C-R-E-C-H-E-S. I think it's creches. Cretches? Yes. Anyways, they're raised in these like hidden, hidden away locations, and all all Githy, all Githyanki children are raised to adulthood by an ever changing roster of instructors who oh. put the children through increasingly demanding physical and mental training. Oh shit! So from day one, it's hit the ground running. It's so you don't plateau. You know, one instructor can only take you to here. <laughs> right. You well, need another one to bring you to the next level. You're not supposed to have any emotional personal bonds. Oh, okay. So they're like on the weekly, like yes. Well, maybe not. It's on the yearly. So like oh, okay. you get one year, and not only does the roster shift, but those instructors never instruct again in their lives. Oh, okay. So it's like yeah, it's impossible to. Form A new one shows bonds. up, they beat everyone's ass. Yeah, basically. To, yeah, to just yeah. kind of clear the air. So the the training that they undergo from childhood onward is so rigorous that only the best survive to adulthood. Oh man, yeah, it's like and, that. And those that do end up making it to the end game of this are then allowed to take their final test of loyalty to the Githyanki society. And so, essentially, all Githyanki must slay an illithid in it in order to enter the society. That's fucking um, cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Uh, they then must carry the head of their bounty directly to Vlakith. She will accept the gith and then mark the Githyanki with a ritual mark as an induction into Githyanki society. So isn't this the, what the plot of Predator turned into? I don't know because I don't. Uh, it reminds me of Predator, but I've only ever seen clips of Predator movies. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, I know that the newer, pre- the more modern Predator movies, not like Arnold and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and yeah. Dan, uh, Don, Dan Don Glover. Yeah. Um, well, he was only in one, wasn't he? Each of them, yeah. They were only they were oh. set one and two, and then the more recent ones from there, they kind of develop the. Oh. They do something like oh, this they're the they, main. Like, or they're the main guys in one and two. Yeah, I didn't. Realize, I thought Arnold was in more than one. He was in the first one. It and shows I, I think, know nothing. Yeah, about and then I think it was Dan or Don Glover. Anyways, Glover. what were you saying? I get confused because there's a new Donald Glover. I think Childish uh, Gambino. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know. Um, he was yeah. in Home, Spider-Man: Homecoming as the. He was yes, yeah. I remember that. Anyways, um, and, yeah. Anyways, indeed. Mm-hmm. What were we? You were telling me about predator movies. I don't know. Oh, the I think they carry ones. the heads of their their victims back to be. Like, oh, okay. I did the thing. I'm dope. Gotcha. This is sick. That means they have to go to the underdark, probably. Uh, yes, very much so. And the Gith Yankee, they're they're hard asses. They're they're they don't fuck around. So another major issue besides the whole biological function thing when it comes to living on the astral sea, well, is it, quite frankly, it's boredom. So the Gith Yankee have kind of become victims of their own success. So. Now that they're through the revolution and their civil war and they've established themselves as a power, oh, made their alliances, and they've had centuries and centuries of, of, of uh, successful and lucrative raids, they no longer have to fight for survival. Uh, on top of it, all the training and raids in the world only takes up so much of their time. And they can't even pass time eating or drinking because you can't eat or drink on the Astral Sea. So yeah, that's good. You get into peak physical fitness and then you just hang out in the actual sea and you never have to worry about lifting lifting weights or whatever. Right. But Vlaketh has to keep her people sated and occupied. Right. Or in order to keep her power secure. Mm. So in order to do this, she provides never ending entertainment like uh uh what, what scavenger hunts and festivals and all kinds of other stuff. Oh just that, constantly constant entertainment. That's kinda creepy. 
in like its own way. Oh yeah, definitely, absolutely. Because it, it's so unfamiliar and strange. Yeah, we're yeah. Like constantly we're going on raids and then we're going to celebrate like after each round or whatever. Yeah, um, that's um, on top of it all. Vlakith, uh has charged her people with investing themselves into meaningful activities such as artwork, education, whatever. Just stay occupied, no idle hands. That's okay. kind of her deal. Cool. Um, and again, since she rules everything with iron fist, everyone does what she says. So, unlike the elves who, through their longevity, end up attaining uh, masterful level skills and right. a lot of things uh, and a cornucopia of interest, the Yith Yankee kind of have become the opposite. They've become a people that are in constant chase of novelty and of newness because they get bored really easily. Yeah. They tend to dabble in creating art, but they never master it. Uh, they'll collect treasures from all their various raids and whatnot, and they'll like, you know, put them up as trophies, but then they'll lose interest in them real fast and discard them. That's, that's because just, nothing has value when you have whatever you want all the time. Okay, so it's more of like their situation rather than like this is their genetic disposition to do so. I think again, since they are humans mm-hmm. transformed, I think that this is I. I could see human beings becoming like this, like in a in a world where There's you some have carryover. Then, yeah, okay. definitely. That's what that's in a world my opinion. where you've got everything, nothing matters <laughs> Ex- anymore. Exactly. Okay. So they flit from study to study, from craft to craft, and they never never settle on anything for long. And actually, because of this, Tunerath is kind of a shithole. Yeah, because it gets littered with these half built buildings, these half made statues. There's trash and litter all over the place. From People are just making items. the same pop song over and over right. again. Ama- yeah, wow. exactly. Imagine exactly. living in a place. Imagine like that. living in a world like that. <laughs> So yeah, Tunera sucks. Dang. <laughs> um, but That's yeah, let down. The only art form that the Gith Yankee have truly mastered stabbing is that of war. Yeah, <laughs> I got it. You got did. It you one. got it. You got it. One. <laughs> so of all the Gith Yankee practitioners of war, none are held in as high esteem as the Gith Yankee knights. They are a contingent of warriors, spellcasters, and scouts that have exceptionally high ability and that report directly to the queen and exist completely outside of military hierarchy. They're their own elite contingent of warriors and badasses. Like their own SWAT team. Indeed. So the Gith Yankee knights are zealously devout to Vlakith and are the closest thing that the Gith Yankee have to religious figures. Um they're involved in pretty much all of the military's important decisions. Um, they're also the personal, they're like the secret police. They're the enforcers oh, of Lakith's will. Okay. And it's forbidden to keep secrets from them. So it's like when the FBI shows up in town yeah. and they, they go to the police station. They're like, we're in charge now, bucko. It's and like then if, the commissioner's like super pissed about it. Right. right. <laughs> it's like if you took the FBI, but the FBI was also like the Navy SEALs. Yes. You know what yes. I mean? It's kind of like that. So... Uh, besides just their status and ability, there are two very important aspects about the Gith Yankee Knights that hold them apart from the rest of their people. Number one is their possession of the legendary weapons known as the Silver Great Swords. That which, sounds awesome. Which they are. Uh, the second thing is the Gith Yankee Knights are the only Gith Yankee allowed to become dragon riders. Yes. So they, the Gith Yankee Knights are the red dragon riders. That's fucking cool. Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> they're so, silver swords. They're just like surfing yeah. on these backs of red dragons. Yeah, basically. So the silver swords are weapons infused with the cyan, uh, the cyan, uh, psionic the psionic power <laughs> of the knight that crafts them so each knight has to craft their own and they infuse their own mental energy it's like into lightsabers kind of yeah so they function as plus three great swords with an especial potency versus travelers on the astral plane that have astral projected there basically oh. <laughs> these are one hit kill weapons oh man so 
don't astral project is basically all I got to say. Like, you'll, you'll get you might get by stabbed gift. by a silver sword and die instantly. Yeah. So if you astral project, isn't isn't it like your soul's out there, but it's like linked? So yeah, it's, it's basically they stab your soul. The, the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the idea here is that like there's supposed to be a silver cord that your soul is uh, attached to that is also attached to your body. And these silver weapons have the ability to cut that cord. Yeah, there's um, something very special about anything silvered in D&D. Yeah, that's so, also throughout for folklore. Yeah, yes. Because silver's cool. Silver's neat. So it's these swords... to you astrally or something. Right. These swords are precious to Githanki society in a very extreme way. So a knight will literally fight to the death to prevent the loss of his sword... Um, if a silver sword falls into non-Githyanki hands, Vlacketh will send a squadron of knights to recover the weapon and destroy its possessor. Yeah, and they'll be fucking riding red dragons. Yeah, exactly. So watch the fuck out. And they're coming for blood. Yes. They'll kill you and your family. So, um, so yeah, that's that's a Githyanki. You, uh, after this, we're going to get into their stats. You got any questions, though? They're all stat-related questions. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. well, yeah, fuck, let's get into it. I got their stats right here. I'm going to pull it up. Show me the stats. So the Githyanki... Here, let me... Get a clearer view here. You can read them to me too. I don't need to see them. Um, so you have the traits of the Gith, you know, like the parent race, and then the Gith Yankee gets specific stuff. Hold on, real quick, because we're covering this as a race, right? So yes. is this a racial stat block or a monster? Stat this is block? a racial stat block. Yeah, neat. They're so, in the monster manual as well, but like it's just it's just a monster. There's like really a, nothing uh, exciting to talk about when it comes to their monster stat block. Okay, so this is a playable kind of thing? Yeah, this is a playable race. Neat. Yeah, it, this came out in Mordenkind and Stone of Foes. Oh, no wonder. I'm not super duper familiar with all right, that stuff right. yet. That's so, cool. So as a member of the, the race of Gith, you get a plus one to your intelligence. Um, your base speed is 30 feet, so normal. You speak, read, write, common, and Gith. Um, and that, basically, as a gift, you only get the plus one intelligence, and then everything else is in your in your sub race. Oh, okay. Uh, another thing that I find interesting here is in most other races, the sub race only gives you the plus one to a score, but your parent race gives you the plus two. It's actually the reverse here with the gift. Okay. The parent race only gives them the plus one to intelligence. Right. But being a gift Yankee gives you a plus two to strength. For you are both hyper intelligent and hyper strong. Nice. Um, you also have a feature called Decadent Mastery. You learn one language of your choice, and you're proficient in one skill or tool of your choice. In the timeless city of Tunarath, Githyanki have bountiful time to master odd bits of knowledge. See, this is where I'm okay with the whole idea of you get a choice, because it's baked into the lore, and that's really cool. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Yeah, I like that. You also get Martial Prodigy, which means that you are proficient in light and medium armor, and with short swords, long swords, and great swords. Cool. So that could come in handy, depending yeah. on the class that you chosen and finally you get gith yankee psionics you know the mage hand cantrip and the hand is invisible when you cast the cantrip with this Ooh. trait i think it's supposed to represent telekinesis yes um when you reach third level you can cast the jump spell once with this trait and you regain the ability to do so whenever you finish a long rest when you reach fifth level you can cast the misty step spell once with this trait and you regain the ability to do so when you finish a long rest intelligence is the spell casting ability for these spells so yeah so you're a jedi you're a Jedi, yeah. Yeah. Uh, back when uh, in fourth edition, these guys made amazing sword mages because sword mages really fuse strength and intelligence. Okay. Um, the I I feel like the the stat spread for the fifth edition version really lends itself to good wizardry, a good blade singer, or a, just a generally good fighter or tactician. So, yeah, I mean that seems awesome. Yeah. 
So that's the Gith Yankee. We'll talk about the Gith Zerai in another episode because they're completely and utterly different. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they're going to have the same base story, right? And then yeah, same base split. story. But we're going to get a little bit more into Zerthamon and what his deal was and then like where he led his people. Zerthamon, what's his deal? Next time on the Dungeon Cast. <laughs> exactly. And with that, I guess we're going to call it a game. Let's do it. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.